Well, you only live once, maybe not. And this life right now might be all we've got. So let's contemplate the hereafter while we speculate with some laughter about this grim thing that happens to us all after that final curtain call. But before you take that final breath, let's laugh about, let's laugh about Welcome to Let's Laugh About Death, the dramedy podcast that celebrates life while contemplating the inevitable. I'm your host, Tim Rooney, and today's episode is pretty freaking funny. In fact, um, when I called my guest Ruth, well, her name's Ruth, but when I phone called her, see, I'm being witty right there, that's how this works, Um, but seriously, when I called her, she answered the phone in such a way that was just, it was great. And normally what I do is I talk with the guest for a minute, kind of give them a rundown of what to expect, you know, how we're going to get to know them. And then I pop the question of what do you think happens when we die? Normally I cut all that out, but I had to leave it in here because it was just, it was great. What she did was just classic and I wanted to be able to keep it as part of the whole flow. So I'm leaving it in there. But uh, today my guest is Ruth Carter and she is very interesting. And I say that in the sense of almost like one of those renaissance type people. Um, She's a lawyer. She is a triathlete. She is a model. She's a writer. She's just one of these people that is just very interesting and inspiring. And um, yeah, it's just, it's the conversation is great. I remember laughing a ton during this and she's very funny and these are the kind of episodes that I get a kick out of. These are the ones where it just kind of keeps popping along and, and you know, it just it just it flies by. And before I know it, the, the episode's over. But um, we get into a couple other topics of about, uh, you know, minimalism, which is something I'm all about. I, I really I really dig that concept of just simplifying your life, cutting back, unloading the garbage. Uh, I'm trying to do that. So, you know, just haven't found quite the answers of what, you know, where I want to go, where, you know, how to do that. Uh, I mean, I honestly, I'm, I'm toying with the idea of living in a mini house or living in a hell, even an RV. My wife seems to be kind of on board, at least at this point. But, uh, you know, we got her son in high school, so I'm not going to do that to him until he's out of high school. Then he can travel with us if he wants. So, but another thing we get into that was very interesting is water cremation. I wasn't aware of such a thing. And in fact, I'm going to share uh, a link to that in the show notes um, when I go to post this. But yeah, it's uh, it's just kind of a wild concept there, too. So anyway, not trying to give away all the details of the episode. But you know what? Look at it this way. Look at this intro as kind of like one of those movies where you see a trailer and it's not that it's been ruined by the trailer, you know, but the the movie, you kind of know what to expect. So that's all I did. I just, I'm kind of giving you the whole rundown of what to expect in this episode. But there's, you know, there's stuff that that I'm, I, I didn't cover now. I'm sure I didn't. So I'm not going to say anyway. Well, I just did. Eh. Anyway, this is my episode with Rook. I can't even say her name. I don't even know. You know what? I'm going to leave that mess up in there. Because I'm going to just step into another subject here. 
we are on the verge of some craziness. And I want to leave all the just, you know, our scars and our mishaps and our mess ups and all that kind of stuff. Again, going back to what somebody told me one time before, and this was in the early stages of the quarantine, but we are in an era where people are a lot more forgiving. I'll be honest with you. I only do like one take of my intros before I used to try and get it all fine tuned and try and, you know, make sure it's sounding good and not rambling too much, but fuck it. What else do we got to do? We're all sitting at home. So listen to me babble for a while. I'm doing this on a Wednesday night, which is also off for me. Usually I do this on the weekends, but you know, I'm, I'm going to just, I'm, I'm mixing it up a little bit. So I'm just going to kind of, uh, I'm going to wrap it up now. So this is, this is uh, enough of you hearing me babble on. And this is my episode with Ruth Carter. Okay, why is it not stopping? House of Pain, how can we whip you? Hi, Ruth. This is Tim with Let's Laugh About Death. Oh, my goodness. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I I had to stop myself from laughing, but I got to ask about the House of Pain. I love it. I love just the the little bit I know about you. Uh, This is going to be an interesting conversation. I can't wait. So... happens when I don't have because on, on the weekends I don't have my calendar constantly in front of my face and so my brain's like oh yeah I'm doing this thing today and then but my brain like misses like oh yeah he's calling exactly at two because that's what's on the calendar <laughs> so I was just like why is Michigan calling me I'm gonna fuck with him oh you know <laughs> you know and hang on <clears throat> I gotta share this with you so my uh, well, we're from Michigan. I'm actually in Colorado now, so I'm only an hour ahead of you. But uh, but yeah, I would show up as a 989 Michigan call. My uh, my wife, she uh, she works for or at the time worked for MSU Extension, and she had uh, um, applied for different jobs when she was looking for a different job. And there was a thing that we read online where uh, if you get a call from somebody you don't know, answer it. Uh, it's done, but there's blood everywhere. You know, <laughs> basically it was, a, it was a job interview. <laughs> so she, oh god, they called back and she's all like, "Oh yeah, no, that was yeah." Um, <laughs> so when you, oh, that's that's great though. The House of Pain, I love it. So uh, anyway. Um, yeah, this is pretty much what we're doing right now is what it is. It's not a Q&A. It's just kind of get to know you a little bit um, and uh, see where you're coming from. And, of course, we get into the big topic of what do you think happens when we die? And there are no, you know, no no right answers, no wrong answers because, shit, nobody knows what the hell's going to happen anyway. You know? Right. So that's the whole – to me, that's the magic of the of the concept is nobody really knows. But what, what I like is the idea of – you know, some people having possible theories that might really resonate with certain listeners. So, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah. So, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and so we can kind of get to know who you are and, and, uh, know what, what you're all about and we'll just see where the conversation takes us. All right. Well, I'm Ruth Carter. I live in 
Phoenix, Arizona. I'm a lawyer by day and by night and other supposed spare time. I train for triathlons. I have a basset hound. Um, um, I'm a writer, speaker, model. Somewhere in there I sleep. That sounds like, uh, yeah, you've got uh, kind of a full schedule. So, um, uh, so that that's interesting how you do law, lawyer, triathlon, model, and writing. It, it's it's just kind of it's it's like all over the place. I love that. So, what? Um, yeah. What would you most identify as? I mean, I, I strive to live a, a renaissance life, I guess is the best I, way I was to say, that describe sounds, it. Yeah, that sounds like that's what you are. That's uh, a, a, a true. In fact, I had an interview just before this and we were talking about, you know, renaissance people who are good at a whole bunch of things. And it sounds like you are one of those types of people. You know, I, I wouldn't say I'm good at everything, but I do a lot of stuff. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, but, uh, Hey, I'll take that. You know, well, and and here's the thing is is I am I, I try and dabble in a lot of different things myself. You know, uh, uh, it, it's 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 one of those things where you don't necessarily have to be a master of anything, good at anything, but I think just being willing to try anything. You know, try the different types of 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 areas of you know, just opportunities, just living life. That's, mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. And that sounds like that's what you're doing. I mean, that's, I'm not going to knock that. There's nothing wrong with that. I think too many people get so caught up in their comfort zone. And, and there's, there's one thing I've learned recently in life is the only way you ever learn anything, the only way you ever accomplish anything is outside your com- comfort zone. Otherwise, you're just going to be stuck in the same dead end, whatever it happens to be, job or existence or whatever. Right. Actually, uh, to remind myself that it's okay to make mistakes and to, you know, try and fail um, or, you know, learn. Um, I have a little note on my refrigerator that says, if you're not fucking up, you're not in the game. Yes. Thank you. Exactly. Because, I mean, failure is how we learn. Failure. You don't you don't you don't start walking without falling on your face a bunch of freaking times. You know, mm-hmm. you don't learn how to do anything. I mean, think about your first day at any job you've ever had. You sucked at it. And then eventually yeah. it became second hat. You know, you were just like, yeah, whatever. Like I've got I got things that I do in my job now that when I first started the job, I was like, I had no fucking idea what was going on. And now <laughs> I, I am like, I could do it in my sleep, you know, and that's what mm-hmm. life is. And it's like if you aren't willing to put yourself out there because and that's another thing I'm learning late, late, unfortunately, later in life is, is, you know, perfect is the enemy of good and good right. is all you need. And most so, of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can't be a, a good heart surgeon. You should probably be a, a, a perfect right. heart surgeon if possible. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, close enough. Close, yeah. We got three of the four pipes hooked up. That's enough. That's a 75%. That's a C. So, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but it's like, it's, I had a doctor actually who I learned recently, or not learned recently, but learned later on that she was like one of the people who was pretty much the bottom of the class. And you got to think about that. It's like, 
There are doctors out there who were the bottom of their class. There are people who are opening opening people up, and they were, yeah, they were the B minus type surgeons. You know? Okay, but they're the bottom of their med school class. So yes, exactly, exactly. That's it, is a it, little different. It's completely different. It's <laughs> yeah, like you have to be pretty badass to get yourself in the door. So if you're so if you're, you know, like let's say the totally the t- people who are within the top like five percent of intelligence can go to medical school. Yes, yes. somebody and has somebody has to be at the bottom. Like, totally. sorry, that's just how it goes. And, and you're right. It, it's just like it's just like when you see those people who are watching. I'm not a big sports fan, but I've got you know when you see people who are armchair quarterbacks and they're sitting there talking about how somebody sucks so bad. It's like, do you realize the person that's just warming the bench is better than people at any college, you know, that are, that are the top of the right. college, they're, they're in the professional level. So yeah, you're right. There is, there is a certain level of expertise that you have to have just to even have your foot in the door. So. Right. They, they make tens of thousands of dollars to hit a ball with a stick. Yeah. You know, totally. what do you do? Yes, exactly. It's like, who's doing the right thing? Who's doing the wrong thing here? <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, so I, I I love hearing about people that that just try different things, you know, and that's uh, so I, like triathlon. I I I am not an athlete. I will be the first to admit that I am. Uh, I'd be more along the lines of the armchair quarterback type if I were to you know pick a sport. Um, but uh, I, <laughs> I I'm yeah out of shape, overweight, et cetera, et cetera. Never been fit in my life. Um, so what does it even entail to? practice for a triathlon like what how do you how do you even, <laughs> what do you even do with that so a triathlon is you know three sports in mm-hmm. one swimming swimming biking running yeah um so yeah that's so like my training this morning was a swim in the pool where i you know just do lap swimming tomorrow's workout's going to be a bike ride um yeah i have a coach who tells me what i do so okay i just Probably going to be like, all right, what am I doing this week, coach? And I, my, my workout schedule arrives. Nice. Well, and yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense then. So for some reason I was thinking the triathlon was the one where you had like the, the, uh, what's the one where you do like, there's a swimming and then there's like the trap shooting and then there's something else that you do, uh, like cross country skiing or something. Is that more of a winter triathlon maybe? I, I know there is. A, like, maybe it's called duathlon um, in in winter sports where like you cross country ski and then you shoot a gun. Yeah, yeah, but I thought there was like, like a polar do, dip or something too in there. Not that I'm aware of, but again, I've never done it. Yeah, um, well, no, I'm, like, like the, the biggest race in triathlon is the Ironman, where you swim 2.4 miles, then you ride your bike for 112 miles. <laughs> Uh, then you then you run a full marathon, twenty six point two miles, and the race starts at seven a.m. You have to finish by midnight to be an official Ironman. Uh, you know, and, and that, that's that's something that with the marathon, the concept of the marathon. So you're doing all this in conjunction with a marathon, and are there breaks or anything with that? I mean, you can take. I I believe so. For, for clarification, I've only done a half. Iron Man. I was supposed to do a full this year, and then Corona happened. So, the, so I'll do it next year. So um, okay. So, I mean, you can. You want to take a break? Yeah. You can. 
Um, um, it's not recommended. Oh my God. That blows my mind. It's like the whole, I was looking up out of curiosity and I always remembered the old, the old myth of marathon. And I can't remember what the, 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 the Greek character's name was, but it was what the, uh, delivering news of victory from marathon to, uh, somewhere in Greece. And the guy runs all the way there and then dies. And it's like, and then there, there are people who go, yeah, I want to do that. I want to run like that. And I'm going to pay money to do it. (laughs) But you know what, though? It's it's one of those things that that is – people people love running. And I know that there's that – they say that runner's high and you get that that euphoric (laughs) feeling and – and I've never, I've never experienced it, but I'm sure, I'm sure it's one of those things that, uh, you get in the zone and, uh, yeah, I, I, I am not knocking anybody who is at, you know, peak of, of, of fitness. I wish I was able to do that. Honestly, I miss riding a bike. I have not been able to ride a bike because my knees are so bad and it's probably because I'm carrying around a hundred pounds of extra weight. My knees are so bad that I get on a bike and it's like, they just burn. It's weird. Aww. I can't go maybe a half mile and then they'll just burn. And it's, it really sucks because I used to love riding my bike. And, uh, yeah, and, bike and, it's, awesome. and it's great exercise. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, yeah. so maybe I should, you know what? Maybe I'll try some of that CBD oil, rub it on my knees and then try and ride a bike or something and see if that, if that helps. But yeah, cause it's, uh, it's great exercise and it's, it's mm-hmm. not like riding on just a, you know, one of those stationary bikes in a gym. Those are boring. It's like when you're actually able to go somewhere, there's like you, you get a reward for your efforts, for your exercise. So. Right. Yeah. Yes. I, I definitely, I have a trainer that converts my street bike to a stationary bike mm-hmm. and I can, I can ride it and like watch movies and whatnot, but it is, it is nothing compared to the joy of riding outside. Yeah. Yeah, totally. The, but I mean, and, and in your case, you are, you're able to do it though to serve a function from that standpoint of it's nice that you can convert it to riding it in your living room because it's your bike. You're used to it. You know the feel of it, the the mechanics of it, and you can watch, you know, uh whatever on TV while you're doing it. So it's it's at least serving a function for you to be able to train for your triathlons. Um whereas yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, because masochism, like all skills, needs to be practiced if to be maintained. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And no better way to do it than in front of, you know, watching The Simpsons. So it's <laughs> it's one of those things that uh, – but it, but you've got something to gain from that form of masochism. You know, it's not like you're just, you know, doing the whole uh, – I don't know hitting yourself with a, with a whip or something like that. There's, there's at least some kind of athletic, uh, uh, health thing to gain from it. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I like wearing spandex, so, you know, it all works. Well, there you go. I do too. I just look bad in it, but, um, anyway, <laughs> no, I don't wear spandex. Um, so, uh, yeah. So I guess what, what, uh, what, what kind of law do you practice? Like you mentioned you're a lawyer by day. Mm-hmm. I do business, intellectual property, and internet law. Really? Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah, I might have to hit you up about that because I've got a couple things that I uh, – just internet law in general kind of thing that uh, I might have to pick your brain on, but we'll do that at a different time. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, and then uh, you said that you're – 
like what what uh, what kind of modeling? I mean, are you doing like uh, um, like fashion modeling or or what kind of stuff do you do there? No, I just you know team up with various photographers and do I guess you would call it like editorial work. Um, I do some bodyscaping. Do you know what that is? Not familiar. No. It's a type of black and white photography that focuses on like the various curves and shapes of the body. Oh, and okay. so you might look at like these, like, you might look at a, uh, a picture and you might at first think like, oh my God, like that looks like like sand dunes or something. And then you look closer like, no, that's someone, that's like the curve of someone's spine or yeah. the curve of like their side. Um, nice. So those are, yeah, those really are cool. slick. Those are very cool. I, I know what you're talking about. It's, it's got almost a, uh, uh, Salvador Dali used to do kind of like that like there's one image where uh uh he made a skull out of four four women or something like that uh kind of thing in other words it's it's a way of of using the the human figure to make another shape like yeah a lot of times it looks like a sand dune or a lot of times it looks like maybe a uh a mountainscape or you know something like that right um, yeah i have seen those it's like, i didn't know there was a word for that so bodyscaping you said that's what that's called yeah, it's called bodyscaping. That is very cool. That's uh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I I uh, I'm all about. So it sounds like you get into not just the legal side of things or the athletic side of things, but you also get into the artistic side of things. So yeah, definitely Renaissance. Um, that's uh, I love hearing about that. I love hearing about people who are not just settling for just a standard nine to five. And that's one of the things that I'm, you know, I'm 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 trying to. To, to kick against the uh, the the you know the the forces of, of that where you know just a not, and nothing against a nine to five but I right. I feel I feel kind of bad but I also feel kind of envious of people who are content with that you know and yeah. it's, it's especially if it's one that we're like they, they they really don't like their job but like they're doing it to like it supports their family or something like that. that and that's honestly that's where i'm at i was an art i've said this time and time again i was an art major and i've been stuck in it for 25 years and i really don't like it you know but mm -hmm. it's one of those things that it's a skill that i have yeah i'm a <clears throat> excuse me i'm a filmmaker i do films on the side but I can't make a living at that. Not, not, not right now, especially, you know, not with how flooded everything is in terms of YouTube and the internet and, and, and Netflix and everything. It's like, it's trying to be a grain of sand standing out amongst a grain, bunch of grains of sand, you know? And right. so it's, I, you know, I, I, I definitely, I would love to get to where, you know, maybe the podcast could, could be a, a monetization for me and being able to do, <clears throat> geez, I can't, keep clearing my throat uh being able to do something creative for a living as opposed to just doing the you know the the mundane nine to five and you know and my employers they'll tell me how you know, what we're doing is important what we're doing is creative and all that it's like yeah but you know what if you're if your heart's not really in it it's it's you've got to find other outlets and that's 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 why i do the podcast the podcast is something i thoroughly mm -hmm. enjoy you know the Law sounds like your nine to five, if you will, but you do the triathlon, you do the, uh, the, the, the bodyscaping and things like that as an outlet. And I think people need more of that, you know, more than just a bowling league or something and nothing against bowling leagues, but you know, I think people need to be more creative. People need to get back to mm -hmm. that. So, but yeah. Uh, and I'm actually really lucky that I'm in like an eat what you kill environment. So if I, and so I basically, I work for a firm, but I basically work for myself. So if I just decide like, 
I don't want to go to work today. Um, as long as I don't have an obligation, like a client to take care of, like nobody cares. That's awesome. So yeah, it's it's almost like a self-employed type of deal. So that and that right there mm-hmm. is is also I think if people can get to where they can do the self-employment or do the the contract gig work type of thing, that is I'm seeing a lot more of that because I think people yeah. are you know personally I don't have any I don't have any loyalty to any corporation or company or anything like that. I mean I I have loyalty to the standpoint of the people, but I know mm-hmm. that the company really doesn't give two shits. You know, they'll replace you. They'll just, you know, anybody is replaceable in the eyes of big corporations. And, uh, and so it's, it's just one of those things. And I learned that I've brought this up. I've learned that at an early age where, you know, my dad, he ended up, uh, uh, he had 10 weeks to his retirement or, or to get at least a 10 year pension. Cause he had worked, he had worked all over in other things. And then he was working for this one company and, he had 10 weeks left and he died and they didn't give it to him. You know, it didn't matter wow. all the overtime or anything like that, but they didn't give it to him. And it's like, I learned at a young age. I'm like, yeah, the companies don't give a shit. Anyone can be. Yeah. Replaced. And like stuff like that is a sign of like a bad company where it's like, come on. Like there's a, I, I, I talk to people all the time saying um, there's what you legally have to, you know, can do. And then there's what the, you know, then there's what you should do. Yeah. perspective yeah it's, it's a it's almost the, the right thing to do so to speak mm-hmm. yeah exactly and but you know not everybody not everybody looks at at that that way they're like well you know technically well fuck technically but yeah exactly it's like <laughs> technically go fuck yourself <laughs> right <laughs> so yeah i uh i so it's it's one of those things then where you've got all these different things going on and what what excites you if you've got all these things that you know most people would would dream to be able to do those kinds of things what do you do now for excitement there's got to be almost another level or 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 is it just the bigger version like going from the 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 regular triathlon to the half iron man to the full iron man etc is that where you are uh uh do you do you find yourself going to to get more of that creative and uh just experiential uh motivation so to speak or or where do you uh what do you do for fun in other words um yeah so i mean i i will say i have no sense of moderation so yeah i went from just you know first triathlon to half iron man to now training for the full like pretty quick and it's like okay you know let's just let's do the next harder thing <laughs> um I, um, you know, for fun, what do I do for fun? I've learned, especially through this time, like how much relationships matter. So, um, being able to spend time with my friends and connect with people, even if we can only do it online is really important. Um, I've learned, I really like things like roller coasters and even more than that, I love ropes courses. Um, (laughs) So like, like one of the things like I look up when I travel, um, is like, is there a ropes course nearby that I can go do? Or like, I've been told I've been working too long. I've been working too much. I need to take like a vacation. And like the first thought was like, I'm going to go up north because there's a ropes course up there. Um, so, and just, that's the one thing that gets me out of my head completely when you're like in a harness up on a tree um shitting yourself you're not right <laughs> no, 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 no. 
well, you know, I, well, I, I think it's fun. I other, people, other people around me might be. <laughs> you know, I'm not thinking about anything else except, like, how do I get across this you know, crazy rope bridge that's wobbly all over the place without dying? Yeah, you know. The rest I, of the world doesn't matter at that time. It, well, and you know, it might bring it down to almost a fight or flight type of thing where, yeah, you have a singular focus and you're able to get out of your own head. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I like to do is um, there is a farm animal sanctuary just outside Phoenix Nice. where I, I like to go volunteer um, and I sometimes sing to the animals. I've been, I'm a trained soprano um, oh, wow. for okay. 25 years. So um, I, so I, that's a place I go to just get away from it all. And like any part of the world or society that like puts a lot of emphasis on, achievement or how much money you make or how you dress. Like, let me tell you, a cow does not care about any of those things. <laughs> yes. You know, the, 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 baby, the baby cow does not care about how much money I make. The baby cow cares if I have his bottles. Yeah, totally. And so it, you're able to get down to the simplistic things that, yeah, I like that. I like that concept. It's, it's, you know, and honestly, that's, that's one thing that I, <clears throat> that I, talk about a lot is is that whole need to validate ourselves through stuff you know and it's mm -hmm. nice that you're able to ground yourself with doing something like that and you pinned it right on the nose is a cow doesn't care dog doesn't right. care I, you know no my dog definitely does not care and i discovered minimalism a couple of years ago i'm not a yes. minimalist i say i'm aspiring minimalist i am too um, absolutely but yeah, just the idea of like, I don't need stuff. Um, I mean, we all need some stuff, but yeah. I don't need stuff to validate myself. There's, there's no reason why I need to have like the nicest car or yes. a giant house yes. or, you know, an Emilio, um, I don't know, you know, a hundred pairs of shoes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're into that, like, there's not, there's nothing wrong with it. But for me, it's never added value to my life. Exactly. That's to me. I, I don't. I remember talking to my brother. He went. Uh, he was overseas. He does. Uh, he's an engineer, and he goes to like different uh, uh, companies or whatever. He works on shielding or whatever. And uh, and he was talking about how when he was in Japan, the 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 living arrangements that a lot of Japanese people have because, you know, largely do because of the population is a lot of times they live in just a single room and then they socialize outside. And he's like, I was embarrassed to tell people how big my house was because it was almost looked at as a, as a waste, you know? And, and uh -huh. so he, he downplayed what his house was and he downplayed that. And it really got me thinking, this was probably about 20 years ago when he told me that, and it really kind of got me thinking. It's like, yeah, really all you need is a bed and a sink and a shower and a toilet, you know, and, and, and someplace yep. to cook your food or whatever. And uh, right. And that right there, it's, it's so the, the whole tiny house concept fascinates me. You know, I, yes, would love, I love tiny houses. Yes, I, I totally would love to do that. I, my my goal, my concept for retirement and my wife isn't really on board, but I'm kind of getting her there is. I would love to, at some point, get a piece of land and just put, like, a, a couple RVs on it, you know? Okay. And then eventually build maybe a mini house on there. Because the problem with, with mini houses is that there's still so much, like, 
miscommunication on on what you can and can't do and you know if it's over a certain size then it needs to be like fastened down and of course there's all the different um like uh uh building codes and things like that but i i know there's a large trend for that now there's you know people moving into things like yurts and people moving into you know uh uh four season tents and things of that nature just to get simple and that's that's mm-hmm. where i want to get and because I don't, I, I have really nothing for retirement. So it's like, you know what, if I can get to the point where I can do something that I enjoy to sustain myself and live simply, you know, in terms of Mm -hmm. expenses to me, that's retirement. And you can do that almost at any age. Right. You know, yeah, I'm, we are, we are on the same wave. Like my goal is similar. I call it my, I have a dream to have what I call the Barbie dream house. It has <laughs> okay. nothing to do with Mattel or anything Barbie-esque. Um, I don't know why I call it that. Um, and, and cause I do think tiny houses are really cool. Um, but, um, one thing I heard of is there are these people called minimalist architects. Hmm. And they look at how you use space, like what types of spaces do you actually need um, in terms of like how much, how big of a bedroom do you need? Um, how, you know, do you need a family room and a den and an office versus right. like you just need one? Um, and then they design your space based on like your, like on how you actually use your space. And so it's much, so I, cause I, I don't, I think I could like live short term in a tiny house, but it might make me crazy. Um, and I really do would want to make like my Barbie dream house to be the house. Like I live in till I die. So, um, I think it has to be functional through like the time I'm 90. Um, but just, but, but create based on, you know, not, not what, not what trend says your house should have, but rather like, what do I need? Yeah, that's well. And, and uh, I, it reminds me of this. I, I wish I could find it. It was an article I found years ago before the tiny house movement was even a thing, really. And it was, uh, I want to say somewhere from like, I don't know, Denmark or whatever. It was a designer and he designed this, this room where you had the outlying, the, the outlaying area of the room. And then there was a spot that turned in a circle and Basically, you you used a lever and it turned the uh, it turned that that circular part. And so the outer line of it of the room was, you know, had your windows, had your bed, had your etc. But when you turned the little, I guess, egg shape thing inside the middle of the interior of the room and it took up about a good third or even more of the room, it would be it would change the whole function of the entire room. So you would turn it and all of a sudden you had a bathroom. And so rather than having a separated bathroom, the remainder of your bedroom, so to speak, became the walls of your bathroom. And so you could, you know, yeah. And and then you turn it again and it became your kitchen and you turn it again and it became your, you know, your laundry space or whatever. And so it changed the function of every room of that one room just simply by turning this dial and changing the appliances, if you will, that were inside that room. And I was like, that's a great concept because now you're making every room into every room. You know, you're making one room into all of them. And it's like. 
I wonder if there's, you know, if there's some way, if these minimal arch, uh, minimalist architects use something like that or could use something like that. Because to me, that would be fascinating. You could, you could essentially turn one room then into, you know, it would be more than a studio apartment. It would be like right. you're virtually changing each room. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, uh, but I love the whole concept of, of bringing things down, bringing things down to uh, what do you need rather than what do you want, if you will. Right. Or you what know. could you, or what could you have? Or what could you have? Yeah. And, and again, there's nothing wrong with getting what you want. This is, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you and I, I think are in agreement in that. It's, it's not, it's, it's, I don't have a problem with people having things. I just think when you're chasing things for the sake of the things rather than chasing things for your own happiness, because the things aren't going to make mm -hmm. you happy. The things are going to temporarily Ooh. make you happy. You know, right. You, you'll, you'll get that. And I've talked about this with friends and on the podcast where you'll have the car. It'll be the best thing you wanted. You wanted that, whatever BMW, that, 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 that Porsche, whatever it happens to be, you get it. And at first it's the best thing. You're so happy. It's the best day of your life. And then a couple months later, it's like, yeah, this thing's kick ass. And then a couple months later, it's just a car, you know, uh -huh. it gets your groceries. It takes you to work. You know, you're worried about it getting scratched. You're worried about something, you know? And so it's, I, I am very proud. I bring this up all the time. I drive an $800 piece of shit because I don't want to worry about <laughs> it, you know? Uh -huh. And it's like, yeah, I could, I could afford a better car. I just don't want it. I don't want the headache. So, no, you know, and that's, I, we're so, so many people base their value on what they drive. It's like, yeah, that cow doesn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> no it, it really doesn't yeah. and after i'm done tra you know traipsing all over the farm like doing you know helping out with chores trust me I, the smell that i bring into my car is not gonna <laughs> make it any more valuable yeah so it's gonna depreciate a little quicker that way <laughs> maybe but, but there's uh, a reason why i keep I, I pick up my boots and put them in a plastic bag before i get in the car uh, yeah right yeah <laughs> like yeah we're not gonna bring that all over the car yeah. <laughs> but much definitely much more satisfying i you know month later it's been almost a year since the first time i met this one cow yes i have a favorite cow um <laughs> and i'm like still over the moon about like i got to hang out with this cow and and help him when he was a baby and he was sick and so not and, only did the cow you know, jump over the moon, but you're over the moon too. That's interesting. I'm over the moon. And you know, I don't think had I bought a car a year ago, I don't think I would be raving about my car. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You'd be worrying about it. You'd be, you know, you'd be wondering if it's going to get scratched or oh, shit. Someone backed into it, that kind of thing. Yeah. But you've got a cow that is, it's a cow. There are people. Yeah, people look at that as is 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 just a cow. It's like, yeah, but you're you are geeked. You're making connections with the simple things, and that's mm -hmm. what I think life is all about: is being able to, you know, backpack or backtrack and say, listen, what the fuck is really important? It's not right. that big screen TV. It's not that new laptop. It's not that new car. It's not the outfits. It's not the handbags. It's not any of that crap. It's it's your experiences. And you're, the cow, yep. you're doing this as a volunteer, and it's giving you things that you talk about. Mm -hmm. And you can't get that with, you know, sometimes you can't get that with a $10,000 vacation. And you're doing it for free. Exactly. You know, that's, that's I think people are missing, a lot of times missing that point is, is there's more to life than stuff. 
I just, I, I really, I want to try and, you know, open people's eyes up to that. Yeah, I, so I try to look at stuff as, like, stuff is tools. Yes, yes, you know, if it serves a function. Right, it's not a goal unto themselves. Totally, totally. And that's, I think that's a, that's a healthy way of looking at it. Because then if you, if you obtain it, you see it for the function of it, and it isn't something that you hold so dear, you know, like, in other words, if, if you buy, and I'm not saying, you know, buy it and just disregard and let it break, you know, but, but right. it's like, if you, if you use it as a tool, you know, if you get scuffs on your, on your chainsaw, you're not going to get upset about it. You're not going to sit there and buff the chainsaw and keep it at all in pristine condition. Sure. You'll clean it to maintain it, but you're not going right. to worry if it gets chipped. And that's how a lot right. of stuff should be looked at. You shouldn't be sitting there worrying about, you know, I, 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 I've got friends that it's like they've got, they've got that, that, that $60,000 truck that's never seen dirt. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? Like, like, what are you hauling? Or like, why do you need a truck if it's, if all your only thing you're doing is going to and from work and you don't haul anything? Bingo. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly it. You know that? Yeah. If you'd use a truck as a tool, cool. Absolutely. Hell yeah. But when it's just, and I see, I hate to see it. I see more of those pristine trucks than I see of the beat up work trucks. The beat up work trucks, I'm like, hats off. Yes, it's doing something. It's doing what it's meant for. But when you've got a, right. you know, a, a sixty, eighty thousand dollar Denali or whatever, it's like, really? <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know. I'm gonna get I, off. Yeah, my, I don't get it either. Yeah, I, I'm getting off my soapbox about all that shit. But yeah, it's it's. I just I wish people would wake up. You know, to more that than setting your goal as the thing or the item rather than the experience as the goal. So you're yep. experiencing the triathlons. You're experiencing, you know, making art. You're experiencing helping people through law. You're you're doing that, and 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 then you're and you're hanging out with a cow. What is the cow's name, too? Let's give a shout out to the cow. The cow, the, the farm uses kind of like these like punny names. So the cow is a boy and his name is Adorable. B-U-L-L? -L. Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love corny. Yeah, so I call it, there's lots of, lots of creatures at the farm with, with names like that. So I call him Addy. Nice. As in short. That's cool. Yeah, that works. But, uh. Yep. Yeah, you know, I love corny dad joke shit, you know, sometimes. So I do it with my kid. He rolls his eyes. But I, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's life is meant for experiences. Life is meant for, because we are a collection of our experiences, I believe. Right. So. Yeah, and we can't take any of our stuff with us. No, and now there, there's, a, there's a perfect transition right there. So speaking of taking it with us, if materialism and all that shit doesn't really matter, what when it comes to. Our, our, when we die, what do you think happens when we die? Where do you think we go? Do we continue on? Do we, is it just end? I personally believe that there's something more. What, what, what do you think? I do think there's something more. I, I don't think I've heard of any like religious perspective that makes sense to me. I do believe there's an afterlife. I'm looking forward to being able to say, I told you so to my friend who doesn't believe there's an afterlife. <laughs> Um, and, um, you know, I don't think I believe in like the whole like heaven hell thing where yeah, like yeah. you like, where like you go somewhere. Um, 
I, um, I, I do think that after we pass that, like, we do have the ability to, like, see what's going on, um, back down here. I, you know, I, I kind of, I feel like put everybody up that they're watching. Um, I actually make, I tell myself that, um, I was a gymnast for many, many years and both of my coaches have now, or two of my three coaches have now passed. Mm -hmm. And I believe that they are, they are watching down, um, like Statler and Waldorf. Do you know who that? Do you know who yeah, they are? From the Muppets. The two old guys. Yeah, yeah two old guys from the Muppets. <laughs> I, I think they are like drinking coffee, smoking cigarettes, or uh, adult beverages. Yeah. Um And like, yeah, when they're just, they're just watching and just you know like running commentary. You know, um, yeah, I like that. I like that. It's almost it's almost like they're they're just two old farts sitting on a couch going, "Oh, what's on Earth tonight?" And they kick it on like it's a TV channel or something. And <laughs> yeah, basically be like, oh, oh what's your, what is, what's Ruthie doing? Like, yeah, oh. flip on Ruth and see what's up. <laughs> like, like, what's going on? Like, oh, do you see what they're doing today? Oh, like last year I kept my head shaved um, for a year just because. And Why I decided not? to try. So I decided to see what it would be like because um, I started using a blade to shave all the way down. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, and I had these like leftover like travel razors, the disposable razors. And I decided to like shave my head with one and learn the hard way. Don't do that. <laughs> so in my head, it was like, what's Ruth? So my, you know, Laurel and Rocky are looking down and like, what's Ruthie doing? Oh, they're shaving their head with a disposable razor. Well, that's going to end badly. Yep. <laughs> oh, look, they just took a chunk. Of, they just took a chunk oh, out of skin out. Good oh, job. Oh man. Ouch. That's, I've never, <laughs> I've never had the guts to do that. Cause there've been a couple times where I've shaved my head close just because my, my hair is awful. I've got like cowlicks and things like that, that just every time it grows in, I can get my hair cut super short and it'll come back and it's just, you know, goes in that one crazy direction. And I got yep. naturally curly hair, but I'm like, <clears throat> I'm like bald, like hat partially mm-hmm. bald. So I've got where it's not like the normal, like round ring. It's almost more like uh, Larry from the three stooges, except so picture like curly size, with Larry's hair and you know oh so boy. it's yeah it's it's it, right now it's kind of more at a Bernie Sanders stage but it's uh it's just it's it's one of those things where every once in a while I just get sick of it and I I'll shave my beard down and I'll shave my hair down and uh yeah I've never had the guts to try and go full on down to the skin because yeah I could see myself doing that I remember my brother doing that he used to shave his 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 head totally bald and a couple times yeah he'd cut a big chunk and then uh, I don't know what oh. he ended up going afterwards. So, ouch. Yeah. It, it happens. You, I also learned the fun way. You can also nick your ear with your clippers. Ew, so, oh, God. I didn't I didn't realize that was possible. And I was like, oh. Uh, <laughs> okay. That one I have done where it's if you don't have the guard or even with the guard, it gets in there and it just like zip. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that one hurts. So, it's. Uh, you know. Ah, but. You know, what's 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 refreshing about that, though, is that you didn't have to worry about any kind of particular hair treatment or anything like that for a year. No, just a just a little spray on sunblock and I was good to go. And you're good. Yeah, totally. That's that's but see, that's a practical way of looking at things. That's a that's a it's a way of eliminating one of those unnecessary things. That's you know, there there are people who spend two hours every morning getting ready. And I just, I'm the kind of person, my wife is too. We just kind of just, you know, get up, shower, throw our clothes on and we're out. 
You know, she's she's never bothered with that. And it's and that's one of the things that attracted me to her was the fact that she wasn't about all of that. You know, the simple. Uh-huh. And that's, you know, and, and again, nothing against that. It's just that's not for me. That's not for her. And so, you know, being able to just do a little bit of that spray on and you're done. That's to me, that's simple. That's efficient. So. Yeah, I mean, I've had my makeup professionally done a couple of times. So, like, I've seen why it takes 45 minutes. Absolutely. But I don't. I don't have the patience or desire to do that on a day-to-day basis. No, no. And that's, you know, and I, and I, and I can see why people do it, you know, sure. When you can do it right, it looks crazy cool. You know, it looks really good. And and you can, you can change your physical appearance. I mean, I've, I've watched videos of, uh, uh, there's a, there's a series that I watch on YouTube called, uh, or actually comes from on Facebook called born different. And Mm -hmm. it's people who are, born with different afflictions um, and they are, uh, you know, whether they're missing limbs or they have, you know, growth, uh, overactive growth tumors and things like that. But there are like somewhere, uh, some of the, the women on there will, they, they have YouTube channels and they teach makeup and it's like, you see the before and after and they're able to like just transform their faces. And sometimes, sometimes they do it to cover it up. Sometimes they do it to accentuate the, like, let's say giant birthmark or something, you know, they, they incorporate Mm -hmm. it into the makeup and it's like, yeah, I see it. I get it. It's just, it's, it's, but that right there is not important. Just like a, you know, a nice fancy car is not important. So it's like, I, I, it's not my thing, but yeah, it's, there's it, everybody has their own thing. Everybody has their own, you know, to them, maybe that's an experience being able to see if they can get themselves to look different. You know, I've seen come through on YouTube, uh, uh, different people who are able to do more like costume type makeup, uh, cosplay. Yes. Makeup. And those are cool. Those I get. Those are super cool. Yeah. You know, but it's to just, to just put, you know, quote unquote, your face on to go to the, to, to go to work or to go on a camera. For like, you mm-hmm. know, right now it's like everybody's at my job, at least uh, I'm fortunate enough to be able to work from home. We're all working remotely. So I see people who get all done up and it's like, you're on Zoom. What the hell? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but Yeah, everybody has their own, uh, their own, I guess, things that are important to them. So. But yep, exactly. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I, I think it's refreshing though to hear, you know, somebody, especially having the 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 sense of humor. We need that, you know. That shit. That's why this podcast. Let's laugh about death because it happens to everybody, you know. So I'm, right. I was so happy to see that. Uh, I'm not sure if you were on my friend's podcast or if he reached out to you uh, or vice versa, but. Uh, um, he had a spreadsheet and one of the things that, uh, that you had on there that really rung through with me was, uh, 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 you put, what, what did you have? You had, a uh, sarcasm is your savior or something like that. I'm like, that is perfect. I'm like, that is perfect because you know, yes, right. sarcasm is one of those things where it's, it's humor. Sarcasm to me is a form of humor and humor mm-hmm. is a form of defense but not defense like a like a lashing out type of thing but more like a, it helps you cope with stuff you know if you can right. laugh at situations i think you can overall have less stress i think you can have overall better you know more happiness and i and i think you can enjoy yourself more if you can laugh at the absurdity of life because life is absurd i mean just it, yeah you know it 
it totally is. Actually, Prince Sayo and just thinking about death and absurdity about life, uh, it, it brought me back to when my grandmother passed away um, somewhat unexpectedly. Like, by the time she died, like, we... It was like, please, like, take her out of her pain. Yeah. Um, but the, but um, what had happened was she got drunk because alcoholism runs the family. You know, lovely woman, nothing bad, you know, but she had the illness. Fell over backwards in her kitchen, clocked her head yes. on her kitchen counter, got up, went to bed. Next morning, couldn't move. Wow. What had happened when she fell, she broke her neck. Oh my God. Didn't realize it. Didn't realize it. And uh, so she had to have surgery and all this stuff and ended up dying of a post operative staph infection 40 days and 40 nights later because she is that Catholic. <laughs> so, like, there was that. And then, like, we had to, you know, when someone passes, you get to clean out their house. And, like, oh, yeah. the and so, and people, of course, wanted to come visit her house, you know, you know, before, like, we sold it and whatnot, which was totally fine. And at the time, I had just moved to Phoenix, and where she also lived here. So I was, like, the unemployed, job-searching one who was available to, like, let people in and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so, I, what did I call it? I called it the Helen Louise Carter, um, like, memorial with free gift shop, <laughs> because it was... Because by that point, like, all of her children and all the grandchildren had already, like, claimed what they were taking. Oh, yeah. And, like, we had these little, like, colored dots. We had colored dots on everything. Like, uh, each family had a different color. And so it was like, if it doesn't have a dot, please take it. And people were like, are you sure? We're like, yes. Like, we don't want to deal with her shit anymore. <laughs> That's, so. But, you know, but here we are giggling about that. At least I am because I have a six sense of humor yeah. as well. But it's like you've got to. Because on the surface, you know, on at, at face value, it's like, yeah, it's a sad thing. It's 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 cleaning up, uh, uh, you know, divvying up somebody's life basically amongst their relatives and loved ones, et cetera, et cetera. But it's like, but in the same sense, it's kind of absurd because yeah, you've got people squabbling over tea kettles and shit like that. It's like oh, it's God. just stuff, you know. The yeah. Yes, I was so glad when most when almost nothing was fought over. Thank goodness. Yeah, really. And there were certain items that were like, I'm taking that and no one better can test me on it. Um, <laughs> there was a couple of those items which we all kind of knew like, okay, I got it. Um, but yeah, oh God. Yeah, there's a reason why I don't do like estate law mm. because oh, yeah. um, it's like, I mean, you're just fighting over dead people shit. Yeah, that's... You know, and and that's the thing is is like my mom she's she's still alive my dad died but my mom's still alive and I saw that even when she downsized from her house to like a retirement village that she moved into for a little while now she's in a home but it was like what the hell is that is that I think there's a storm can you hear that I no because I'm listening to my dog about to throw up so oh, okay well that's that's always fun. so yeah. If we catch that, I'm going to leave leave it in because, you know, that's life and it's absurd and it's fun. Um, But, uh, yeah, so basically it was just the vultures came in and it was like, she's not even dead, you know? Oh, my God. It's so irritating. It reminds me of when my grandmother, when she passed away in one of the condolence cards, somebody said, can I have her vacuum cleaner? Oh, my God. And it was 
wasn't even like like a fancy one or a really good one. I was like, who? Like, why would you want this? <laughs> and like, too, like, um, this is not the time to be asked. Oh for my stuff. god. That is... Like, just for that, like, you're not getting anything. Yeah, right? It's like, come on. That's ridiculous. Like, Can I have come her... on. Yeah, you know what? It would even be a little bit respectful. And out of all of her... And, yeah, and out of all of her stuff, because she was a classy lady, she had some very nice things. Like, that is the weirdest thing anybody yeah. would ask for. It's like the Gucci handbag. It wasn't like any of her jewelry. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a bag. It wasn't a. It wasn't jewelry. It wasn't uh. anything fancy. <laughs> It was just like kind of vacuum cleaner. Like, yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? Totally. <laughs> it's like, well, I've got a memory of watching Grandma vacuum with that Hoover, and uh, it just really brings me back to my childhood. You know, it's like, what? Uh, yeah. What? I mean, I can't even see if it was like a rainbow or a Kirby or something, you know, something that's like $700,000 to $800,000 vacuum, whatever, you know, but. Uh, yeah, it's just, but people, people are weird, you know, but, but even that's still tacky in a condolence card. You don't even ask for, don't even ask for anything. Like even if there's a sentimental value, you know, that guitar or that, that, uh, uh, you know, whatever handbag. Like a figurine or, or something. Yeah, a figurine or yeah. something. But, 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 but that's at least a little better, but at least save it for later. Save it till at least till the body's cold. Good God. Right? Like, let's put it on the ground. Like, what? What? Oh, speaking of putting people on the ground and death and all that, are you familiar with the YouTube channel Ask a Mortician? Uh, yes. <laughs> a friend of mine. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love, I love that channel. She's, yes, like, she's fun. She's fun. I watched one just recently where she, t uh, my friend sent it to me, uh, where it was like, and it's a very, very like Catholic type thing of telling if your if your saint is. Oh yeah. <laughs> what was it like untouched? But there was a there was a there was a more you know contrived sounding word. What was it? It was like right. Uh, there's like there's like the official Catholic term that I can't remember, but I told. Yes. It's such a great video. It's, yeah, and like and just. Uh, yeah, it's it's good stuff. Cause yeah, I was I did the whole twelve years of Catholic school, etc. So when he said forty days, forty nights, very Catholic, I, I love that. So, but yeah. And, oh yeah, she. <laughs> well, I mean, hell, what did you say her name was? Helen Mary Carter. Uh, Helen Louise Carter. Helen Louise Carter. Yeah, my, my I, that's it's like Helen and Mary and Louise and 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 all those kinds of names. My mom is you know Mary Louise. I mean it's it's very they're all very Catholic. So yeah, right. my my grandma's name was Helen. So nice. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's just that's great. It's you know but that it's that it's laughing laughing about that. You know I'm not laughing at it's someone's exactly. misfortune. Yeah, it's it's yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like interesting stuff. Like it's totally changed my perspective about um, like what do I want to do with my body after I die? Like my whole family is buried in the Catholic cemetery here in Phoenix, but like I want water cremation and like yeah, what exactly and I, now is water I know, cremation? What is that? You uh, you said that in the in the the invite. I'm curious. I'm not I'm not familiar with that. It's only legal in a handful of states. Okay. Um, instead of burning your body up, they put your body in a warm bath with a chemical solution that like runs, like, like forces your body to go through like the natural decomposition, but really fast. Oh. 
Okay. And then, and then at the end, like there's your bones, there's your cremains uh, that they grind up, and you know you get the ash, you get the you know ashes back, um, and then the the liquid. It's just an inert liquid that you can uh, just put down the drain. Um, some places use it as fertilizer, um, and it use it's uh, it's like the most green way to uh, one of the most green ways to process a body. Yeah, um, totally. After they pass, that's awesome, um, and it's better for the environment. And and I'm just like, yes, like I want that. I even like called the local funeral home. Um, that my family that we've used for like every death in my family, um, and said like, I could you guys facilitate, you know, having my body, uh, you know, water cremated because it's not legal in Arizona yet. So you'd have to like ship my body out of state, and then you know process it. That's kind of a weird way to, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. And yeah. then you know, either mail me back or have my family member or you know somebody, you know, transport me back, you know, airplane or you know. Or you know whatever, or, or put me in the car. A, a drug mule. <laughs> hey, exactly. Like apparently we use water cremation on like on animals all the time, but like it hasn't come into mainstream use for humans. So yeah, like well, my dog, when she passes, will be aquamated probably. Aquamated. Um, I love that term. I've, I'm not familiar with this concept. Yeah, but it makes sense. Yeah, if you're if you can put people through the rapid. Uh, as if a body was naturally underneath the ground without any kind of uh, embalming or anything like that. Yeah, it would it would decompose. You're just speeding up the process using rapid high power liquid. I'm assuming. Yeah, and I think this has been weird. So my so my dog is actually you know getting close to passing. She's 12. She's arthritic. She's demented. Oh. She's blind. Um, oh I love her. It's, it's okay. Yeah. Um, but she but had a I'm good like life, I'm gonna sprinkle. She's had a great life. Yeah. She's gonna be sprinkled when she passes. Um, and so I'm like, I don't need a fancy urn when my dog, when I get my dog's cremains back, I just need like a plastic bag. Like who can hook me up with that? Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it seems like it's like challenging to like, to be like, I just want simple. Like I don't need fancy. I don't need to buy a $300 urn that like, I'm not going to use. I'm going to have a dust collector. Yeah. Well, see what we did, we had four cats. And when my wife, mm-hmm. wife and I met and, uh, and, and that was part of the deal. It was like, if you want me, the cats come with it. And I'm like, that's fine. I'm a cat person. Right. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and we just, we, that was honestly part of the reason why I stopped. I had done the podcast for a while and then I had, uh, uh, my last episode that I was going to record before, and I didn't have any others in the, in the, the queue, so to speak. And, uh, I, Basically, my I had my favorite cat I've ever had. Die. We had to put him down. Um, and then mm-hmm. two weeks later, his sibling. We had three cats from the same litter. Long story. I won't get into that. And then we had a fourth one that my wife had previously who was like seven years older than the other three. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, the, the other one, the second one died uh, like a couple years prior. And then these two died within a couple weeks. And it just it wrecked me. And, you know, because yeah. to me, pets are family. They're they're part of the family. And. Pets are people. Pets are people. Yeah. You know, and, and so we did the, we went a simplistic type of route where we had them cremated. Uh, and then they're just in a wooden box, you know, um, we got them in a wooden box. And of course (laughs) there, there was the jokes made of, you know, there's, uh, 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 you know, collecting all ball. It's like, now we got a collection or whatever. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
my friend Chris made a great joke. He's like, he made like a Pokemon reference. It's like, gotta catch them all. You know, it's like, yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know I, you do what, what makes sense for you, but yeah, some people have like a shrine, a shrine to like yes. various pets. Yes, totally. Because they have like all these urns. And I'm like, I don't need to do that to know that I love my dog. Yeah, yes, exactly. Exactly. It's almost like people have to remind themselves of, no, I was good to that dog. It's like your dog knew that you were good. You were a rock star to your dog. You know, you yeah. come home, your dog was loved you, and, and yes, your dog doesn't, you don't have to prove that to your dog afterwards, or your friends, or whoever, right. but yeah, I'm I'm right there with you with the simple type of burial, you know, my, my wife and I have both discussed, we, we just want to be trees, you know, do that whole plant yeah. us in the ground, make us a tree kind of deal, um, you know, it's, I, I think funerals, you know, they're just, they seem to be, they, they seem to kind of and I don't want to throw any funeral places under the bus, but they just, to me, they seem right. like they're awfully expensive for what it is. Yeah. You know? I, I, you know, I mean, on the flip side, you know, they're the only ones who do it. Well, so yeah. I think, I think they get, they, they, they earn their money by being like, Hey, we deal with death all day. So yeah. you pay extra to have somebody else deal with death in ways so you don't have to. So they get credit for that. That's true. But That's yeah, true. like the mark, but like the crazy markups for like, you know, $7,000 oh. coffin. Yes. Like, yes, exactly. With the extra rubber gasket to like, you know, keep, stuff out from the body which actually doesn't work and yeah like those things are like are you shitting me and, and what um, difference does it make the person's dead they're not going to sit there and care what they look like in 10 years or 30 years it's it's I, me if it was me i would rather decompose as quickly as possible that's why that whole you know that that water cremation kind of concept you know it's it's neat it's it's and if if my molecules can give to grow some plants somewhere, you know, I, I think right. like fertilizer. Now, I'll be honest with you. If I went to a, you know, farmed table restaurant and they were to come out and say, yeah, all of our plants are, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're from this farm where they're all fertilized with liquid people. Um, it's like, I, uh, you know, I don't know how much I would I don't be know. Able to I mean, if, if, if it was, if it was explained like, hey, like we get our fertilizer, like if somebody had a water cremation facility plus like their side gig was they made fertilizer and I've, I've heard this um yeah. i think it was like a place that did aquamation and then they also had a cemetery and so they fertilized the lawn of the cemetery yeah see that i get that i totally get i just you know i just i i think there would be something I mean, I, about knowing that it's like eating corn that's to me that gets a little close to like soylent green you know <laughs> <laughs> You know, maybe, but, you know, part of me tries to think of it, like, scientifically, like, hey, oh, you're yeah. broken down. You're just molecules you're at right. that point. Right. Like, it's, it's it's not like, it's not cannibalism. No, no, it's, of course not. It's not because it's a plant. You're eating the plant. But it, I'm the kind of person yeah. where I had a garden and our cat started pooping in the garden and I just wouldn't eat anything out of the garden. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay, that's different. <laughs> wow. <laughs> But it was, no, because they even say like, could they even say like, if you do your own, even like your own composting, like, don't put like your pet waste in there. Like, there's reasons you don't do that. Yeah, there's, exactly. Those are those. That's a different type of thing. It's not just the fact that it's poop. Yeah, but it's right. uh, it's it's 
it is still cool though to know that there are different options out there because up until a handful of years ago, I thought the only option was cremation or being put in a box, and then the variations of that was just how expensive or how cheap you wanted to go. You know, I didn't right. know that there were the 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 you know the concepts of of the water cremation, which I just learned out about today, or you know being planted mm -hmm. in the uh, uh, in the the ground as a tree and you know those, right those oh, like natural burial natural burial and totally, things like yeah. that where they just wrap you in a cloth and throw you in the in the you know and and they find that they a lot of times they bury you i've seen it done a couple different ways where you're like almost like you're cremated or maybe water water uh, uh cremated and put into like a capsule and then the seedling mm -hmm. is planted on top and then they put that in the ground but i've also seen where they do it almost more like Native Americans where you're just wrapped in, you know, you're stripped down, you're wrapped in a white cloth, you know, a simple thin sheer type cloth and just buried, you know, feet first down into the ground. And then they wow. kind of yeah, it's 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 getting to where, you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of minimalism with with burial. And I, I dig that. Mm -hmm. I, I dig the whole concept. So. Yeah, you may want to go check out the Ask a Mortician video that talks about like when the cremation remains are used to like plant a tree, and how it's kind of crap. Oh, really? Because like when you're cremated, all the carbon burns up. Oh. Um, all the organic material, like is gone. So your ashes are not actually like feeding the tree. They're just going into the ground with the tree. Gotcha. Okay. So, that, so that, yeah, there's nothing wrong with like, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Yeah. But for people who think like, Oh, I'm nourishing a, a tree. Like when people like take the placenta after the baby's born, then plant a tree over it. Yeah. It's like, um, from a like biological perspective, it's, it's different. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's see, I thought I thought that with with the ashes that it was basically like a, a carbon type of you know sub whatever molecule science stuff. Um, I thought it, I thought it was nope, that. That's, I'm gonna have to check that out. <clears throat> that's not what Caitlin said. So yeah, well, but, she uh, would know. Yeah, because she's and I like how she breaks it down. She she really talks in very. You know, just just regular every person speak. So, yeah. But uh, excellent. So, well, hey, I appreciate you talking. I appreciate you sharing with uh, you know about your your grandmother's uh, Catholic death. Um, <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> but uh, uh, just you know, just everything. And and you know, it, it's it's. I really, I really do. I am excited about the whole, you know, Renaissance lifestyle that you're living. And I think it's awesome that you're able to, you know, juggle that and do those and, and be able to keep everything going and still have an appreciation and, and working with art that I, that excites me because we need more of that. So, but, yeah. um, so yeah, Ruth, uh, uh, is there anything else that you'd like to say to, uh, to the listeners in terms of going after those, to me, those seem like, you know, major accomplishments, each and of themselves. Uh, any any words of wisdom for anybody listening? I, mean, I guess my, my words of wisdom would be live your life. Don't feel you need to conform to what other people think your life needs to look like. I like that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Find your your uh, 
you as opposed to what other people think you should be. I completely agree yep. with that. So, well, hey, Ruth, you have yourself a uh, good remainder of your weekend. And um, you know what? If you do end up doing one of those uh, uh, triathlon, Ironman, whatever, et cetera, shoot, shoot me a link. I'd love to see what that's all about. All right, we'll do. Okay, cool. Well, hey, you have yourself a good day. I will. You too. Take care. Thanks. You too. Bye. <laughs> Bye. And that was my episode with Ruth Carter. And you know what? I actually did two takes on this. I decided the last one sucked so bad. I'm going to give you guys at least a little bit better, you know? So anyway, I, uh, I'm leaving a whole bunch of links that Ruth gave me in the show notes. Um, stuff like the Ask the Mortician, links to her YouTube channel, even a link to her dog's Instagram page, because, yes. So, anyway, in the meantime, have yourself a good day, have yourself a good life, try to be decent to each other, try not to be jerks, and just let's get through this shit, no matter where it ends up. Just, that's where we're at now.